Well, uh, good afternoon everyone. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined here by, by Dia Moodley, who's a pastor at a church in Bristol. And uh, we're sitting, sitting here, standing here in the wonderful sunshine, next to the, uh, the hole, next to the water, uh, on the edge of the hole in uh, Plymouth. And uh, we're going to have a, a discussion about uh, the police involvement in, in policing what a pastor can say in, in, pre in uh, policing what a church can preach, in policing ideas, not actions. So we're talking about people who are entirely peaceful, but who are, are thinking radical thoughts um, to do with, uh, with, uh, with, to do with God and Jesus Christ and how we should be living a good and righteous life. And it's these ideas that the police in Bristol seem to be very threatened by. Uh, so that's the story we're going to explore. Dia, welcome. Thank you Thank very you. much for coming. Thank you for having me on your program. Uh, so can you, just, just to set the scene a little bit, tell us a little bit about your church, where it is, what sort of congregation, what sort of size, just so people understand what the starting point of all this was. Yeah, like you said, uh, my name is Dia Moodley. I'm the pastor of a church in Bristol called Spirit of Life Reformed Baptist Church. We're a, a small congregation, about 40 people. Um, we're made up of people from many tribes and tongues and nations and people groups and uh, it's such a joy to, to, to pastor them and uh, like I said we're a small congregation in uh, Bristol and uh, the church has been in existence now for about uh, uh, 10 years. Okay so so you're relatively new and you're not sort of establishment church you're very much sort of responding to mm -hmm. a sort of new population part yes? Yes indeed. Okay. Yeah. okay so when did you first start to find there was some friction with the authorities? Well, we, were, we started preaching uh, publicly about five years ago and, um, you know, um, we, knew, we knew initially that uh, there's going to be complaints about the preaching. Um, we knew that people are going to be upset about the content of the preaching. Uh, and that's out of uh, previous experience of, of other preachers coming to our city. Uh, and we recognized that uh, people were complaining to the police. So, so what we did was we, we stepped into the constabulary to uh, engage with them. Uh, to let them know what we're preaching so that uh, when they get these calls, when they get these complaints, that uh, uh, they could step out or, or, or come to us, answer those complaints, as the police should do, uh, answer every you know, complaint. They should come out, and when they do come out, have a background, a context into who we are and what we're preaching. And we thought that would better facilitate uh, the, the policing, and we'd get a better understanding uh, from the police about what we're preaching and why we're preaching, and the manner in which we're preaching. Now, the friction you speak about was um, happened just about two or three years ago, where uh, there was a change in the in the dynamic so, of the police. So, so in, initially, this 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 view where you were working with the police, you were taking them on board, you were informing them. This this initially worked well. Yes, it was it, it, it was something that that we inspired, that we instigated. Um, the police didn't come out to us; we went to them, and we said, in order to keep the peace, in order to have a better understanding of the church and the constabulary. Um, let's work together and so initially we had a few hurdles and obstacles uh, in how we understood each other but I, I persisted I persevered I had meetings with them every month and uh, we started a good working relationship together so the police would actually come out to us and make sure that we were okay uh, and and to such a point that where they were um, they were assigning PCSO officers to be with us uh, for the preaching of the gospel to make sure that we were okay and all was going well 
up until a few years ago when uh, things started to change and um, we're now uh, we're realizing that uh, the complaints that were being made against us, um, the police thought that the best way to answer these complaints was to have people uh, uh, write their complaints down or make their complaints official. And so the police then were, were gathering these complaints over a one-year period, compiling a case against us. Okay. So the, the, they, at this point, they hadn't warned you, they hadn't said anything you were doing was illegal. They were obviously seeing what you were doing. It's all done in public. Yes. But nonetheless, they're, they're compiling a case. Okay. And and you were finding that it was it was the police that were sort of instigating complaints. They were requesting complaints. Well, we we have some emails that uh, I can't share all of it um, publicly because of the ongoing case. Um, but we have information and an email trail where uh, between myself and the constabulary where. We were talking about how the police were um, were pitching up on scene, uh, were attending to these calls, but were coming with their agendas, were coming with their uh, with their worldviews. So uh, the case that we were making is that you know you're allowed to have your worldview if you don't have your uniform on, uh, but once you're in that uniform, uh, you represent the law, and you have to keep the law. So if we are wrong, uh, do something with that, do something to us about it. Tell us that we're wrong. Um, drag us into the station. But if the public is wrong, then you need to do something about that. Uh, and we found that we were not winning that battle on, 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 on that front, that most of the uh, aggression from the police was against us rather than those who were being aggressive to us. Okay. So, so tell us a little bit about that. You, 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 perhaps if you could explain your, your preaching style. You, 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 right. you go down to the public square, uh, you go down to presumably sort of a main shopping thoroughfare in, in, mm -hmm. in Bristol. Uh, what, what do you do? How do you engage with the public? Well, we, our preaching is normally about four hours and uh, it involves the entire congregation. Uh, and part of our strategy is that I'm the main preacher, uh, but the members of the congregation would hang around in the crowd uh, to engage in conversation. And so they would say, for example, hey, what do you think of what he's saying? You know, uh, do you agree with him or not? And so they begin a conversation with somebody in the crowd and by that way they get to witness them, you know, uh, assess their worldviews and, and things like that. And so the preaching style is very different from what, um, for example, a Jehovah's Witness would do or, or somebody else might do. Ours is very interactive. We want to we engage with the public. And so we would pose questions that would cause people to stop. So, for example, we would say to an evolutionist or an atheist, can you step right up and tell us why you believe in evolutionism or why you're an atheist? You know, come make your case. Come make your case. We want to listen to your case. And people would step right up and they would try and make their case. Uh, but we would warn them and we would tell them, inform them that if they're making their case, we're going to question their case publicly. And the same way they could question our case, question our worldview. And so we would have these discussions that would grow from two people to 20, 30, 40, sometimes 50, 60 people in a matter of minutes or an hour. And very soon there'll be a large crowd gathering to hear what's going on. And we, this, we found this, a great, great this sounds very, This sounds very like Speaker's Corner. This sounds <laughs> very, very British and, you know, this is discussion under the common law this is this sounds like something that would uh invigorate and enliven a community you're sharing ideas this sounds important to me you so what so you started to get presumably some degree of aggression from the from some of the crowd was was that happening well that's what was happening i mean um so there would be people in the crowd who would greatly benefit from it yes and and you get that you get the small thumbs up on the back and because people are afraid to to, to verbalize yeah. uh, you know their their feelings or their agreement 
uh, and we know that people are greatly benefiting from the conversations. However, there were people who would come who were offended by it. They, they, they say that our freedom to preach, for example, on biblical marriage was an offense to them. That we can't say that the Bible says that marriage is between a man and a woman. Uh, we can't say that um, the Bible says that uh, there are only two genders, male and female, that we're creating in God's image. And when we say those things, uh, we, uh, the crowd gets offended. Now, it's not that we go out every week to, to make that message or to give that message, because that's not the only thing we preach on. Um, but the question gets asked of us. So people will step up and ask and say, oh, we have a question for you. And so nine times out of 10, we know what the question is. It's, it's involves either gender or sexuality. And so um, we said, okay, ask your question. And, I said, and when they ask the question, we say, well, are you ready to receive the answer? Do you really want the answer? And they say, yes. And we say to them, well, remember, you stopped to ask us the question. And so when we answer the question about from the Bible and we give the scriptures from the Bible, then they don't want to listen to the answer. Then they want to call for the police because they said that our answer is an offense to them. And so we have uh, Muslims being offended. We have members of the LGBTQ plus in the community being offended. And then we're getting people like atheists and evolutionists who are getting offended simply because we're, make, we're, we're pointing out that this, this, this whole idea that's, that something can come from nothing is scientifically impossible uh, and that we're appealing to our Genesis uh, worldview, a biblical worldview, that God created everything. And to them, that's an offense and we need to, it needs to be shut down. It, I, mean, I, I find this very interesting because uh, I, mean, I, I share a, a biblical worldview. I don't get offended by people who don't have a biblical worldview. Of course. Because I'm quite happy to, to talk to them about it and to debate and discuss. Offence doesn't come into it. I think it's very interesting, particularly that, that evolutionists are getting offended. That's actually quite a new one. I hadn't come on that before. And I think that shows partly the crisis that's going on in evolutionary thinking, but more on that in, in, an, in another video. So you're having a certain amount of friction with the crowd. Mm -hmm. There are certain elements of the crowd who find you, your message offensive. They phone the police. Okay, I've got it so far. So the police, I would have thought, should say, well, there are certain protected characteristics and one protected characteristic happens to be a faith or belief. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore you're expressing your ideas on a, 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 on a, on a characteristic area that's protected by law mm -hmm. so there's nothing the police can do but that's obviously not what's been going on so what actually transpired well what's been going on is that in every meeting we've had um, over the last year or two they fully agreed that um, it's we're not breaking any law so that's one of the reasons why uh, no fine has been issued uh, no arrests have been made uh, because there's nothing to give us a fine about there's nothing to arrest us on so it is our understanding that they've chosen to go down a particular route of public disorder. So the only way they could shut the preaching down and the only way that they could um, uh, not receive any more complaints is to use a public disorder law uh, to say that my preaching is attracting a crowd, uh, the crowd is um, antagonistic towards us, and therefore because of my safety and the safety of the congregation, the preaching needs to shut down. Okay. So therefore we okay. need to keep quiet and not speak. So, so, so just, just, <laughs> just let me enjoy this moment. So the police are saying because other people are potentially violent towards yes. you, yes. then you need to shut up yes. because 
the violence wins because we don't have law. I mean, I'm 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 finding it <laughs> difficult to follow the the lawful logic through that particular line. Well, that's exactly what it is. I mean, rather than um, what the police should be doing is saying uh, th these men uh, and women have a lawful right to do what they're doing under the freedom of speech and freedom of religion. It's within the uh, the human rights to do this. It's, it's within our, our constitution, our country, our law to do this, a beautiful freedom of speech that we have. And he's not causing uh, uh, you to incite, he's not inciting crime or violence. Uh, he's not asking you to go and stone somebody or break some windows. He's engaging in conversation with you and it's okay if you don't like it, leave, you know, walk away. Um, but what they're saying is exactly what you just said. Well, you need to shut down. You need to, you, you need to, you need to stop preaching because we can't stop these people from being violent against you. Uh, we need to call in more officers, so forth and so on. We don't have all the people. So you need to shut down to, so for us to protect you. Okay. I would point out that if they'd actually arrested one of the people who were causing trouble, it would have probably yeah. had a very calming effect, but never mind. So they wanted to shut you down. So what was the, what was the mechanism they went to? What, what legal mechanism did they, did they try well, to like, use? I, like I said earlier on, you know, I, I would go into monthly meetings uh, with the police. It's something that I did, I initiated. And in one of our meetings that I went into where um, we went in to discuss how to handle the complaints of the, you know, from the public. At that meeting, I was told a, 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 a detective was called in. I was introduced to the detective and I was told that I've been, I was being investigated for over a year. Uh, they, they've been accumulating these complaints and that they've gone to their legal team and they're taking this action by issuing me and my congregation a warning notice. Now, I didn't know what a warning notice was and, and I, I, I read it. There were 10 points on the warning notice and um, it is very detailed about what I can and can, what I can and cannot do. So the warning notice was basically in effect for six months and I could not do those things that they said on the warning notice for and six months. Under which act was the warning I think notice it was, issued? It was under the uh, public disorder. Public disorder. So right. my preaching was causing a public disorder uh, and for my protection for, the protection, for the protection of our congregation, I am not to do these things for the next six months. Okay. Uh, so there were a number of things on there and um, basically, you know, I wasn't, I'm not supposed to preach without their permission. Okay, uh, so permission to preach, okay. What, yeah. what else? Um, I'm not allowed to preach for more than an hour without their permission. Okay. I'm not allowed to uh, have another person preach in my place uh, in the public square. I'm not allowed to have a recorded sermon in the public square. And um, I'm not allowed to use any derogatory language against the LGBTQ+. Uh, Did they define what derogatory language? Well, we can't define what that is because they haven't told us what that is. We've okay. tried to engage with them in conversation about what that means. Uh, we don't. We don't know uh, what that means. So would that include quoting Leviticus? That would. That, that would. So we. Our yes. Yes, quoting Leviticus, uh, quoting First uh, Corinthians, quoting the Book of Revelation, quoting Genesis one uh, and one and two. <laughs> okay. Uh, that well, in the okay. beginning that marriage was is is is, is godly design. Yeah. Marriage didn't come about by an evolutionary process. Marriage is defined biblically as a holy institution of God between a man and a woman. So we would make that case. Uh, and like I said earlier on, every argument and debate and reason we give has scripture backing it because uh, what we've done in our preparation is we said that we, if we're hauled to court to stand before a judge, we must be able to say we said this based on this particular scripture. So we're very careful on that. And so they, they, couldn't, they couldn't get us in anything else because they knew we were justifying it from scripture. So they couldn't get us in anything else except for public disorder. Okay, so any other things you were, you were banned from saying? Um, yes, I, I, 
I couldn't I couldn't compare Christianity to any other religion. So when I'm okay. so when I'm preaching and I'm having a discourse with somebody, for example, a Muslim would would step up and say to me, "Well, you know, the Quran and the Bible are the same," and and I would compare it comparative religious. You know, that's what we do. We, so preachers preach that in their church, and so we preach it in the public square and we'd have this discourse. And you, it was great discourses. Muslims actually stepped up and shook my hand and said that they learned something today. But there were others who didn't like it. Yeah. Because we were pointing out some things that were factually incorrect that Muslims believed. And so, for example, that prior to the 7th century, there's no record of Islam. Uh, uh, you know, after Muhammad, we hear about Islam. And so um, those, those sorts of things, Muslims didn't want the public to hear. So they started to complain to the police about that. So, in the warning notice, it was written that we're not allowed to compare Christianity to any other religion in the public square. Okay, and uh, did did the evolutionary uh, and atheists did they did they feature in this? Well, it, it it was it was it was said that I'm not allowed to engage with an evolutionist or an atheist in conversation. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm not sure what sort of evolutionist society or atheist society. <laughs> how made, would, how made would you know? Have you got to check before you talk to someone? It's very it's very strange. Okay, so you got your notice. What did you do? I, I well, the notice was served on me in in the constabulary boardroom, and I read through it and I and I refused to accept it. I said, I, I'm not going to accept it. I said, Are you willing to listen to what? If this is being investigated, how come I wasn't interviewed in any way concerning this? They said, There's no re no reason to interview me. They've consulted with their legal team. They're well within their legal rights to issue this notice, and if they go to court, they will win the case because of all the complaints and their legal team is backing it up. Well, I refused to accept the legal notice. I didn't sign it. Me not signing it didn't, that, to them didn't mean that I, it's not in effect. It was still in effect. Um, we, I, I took it away very disheartened, very angry, very upset about the, the, the destruction of our relationship with the constabulary uh, through this meeting. But I went and consulted our legal team, uh, a firm that's representing us, and they have written to the constabulary about it. And so, uh, the notice was issued in October, and by December, um, the constabulary withdrew the notice. So, All right, okay. uh, so they withdrew it, saying, "Well, uh, we're issuing a new one." They didn't give any reasons okay. why they were issuing so a new one. So, for that for that two month period, had had they made, had they made any action? Had they taken any action based on the existence of the notice? Yes. Well, they said that if I do preach without their without abiding by what the notice said, for example, I need their permission. Uh huh. It would be a breach of the notice, yes. which means that I could get a criminal record. Yes. So they were willing to go the extra step to make sure I, I get a criminal I, record. And during that two months, did you preach? No, I didn't preach I under didn't uh, under the counsel of our legal team. Legal team. Okay. Okay. So they said wait until they write to them, and we were prepared to. Okay. Uh, and, and 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 that's featuring in our ongoing case. So. Right. So you you wrote to them, and the police withdrew the notice. Yes. And issued a new one. And issued a new one. Okay. So what did the new one say? Well, the, well, the new one they took away the evolutionist one. Uh, okay. They, they took away the atheist one. They took away um, um, some other things that they'd written there. But what they did put in place was that I'm not allowed to use an amplifier, and um, I am not allowed to use uh, derogatory words against the LGBTQ. They kept that in place, okay. and um, the idea about me seeking their permission and so forth, they removed all that. Okay. You know. Um, so the the new notice basically had to do with amplification and the LGBTQ you know community. Okay, so that's so the the kind of thrown the 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 Muslims don't get protection, the atheists don't get protection, uh, the evolutionists don't don't get protection, but but the LGBTQ 
IA2S plus okay. to, to upgrade, okay. to update okay. you. Right. They, they get they get they get protection from yes. the police. So you're yeah. not allowed to be derogatory, whatever that means, not defined. Yes. Uh, well, we we very carefully prepare our signboards. We very carefully engage on the issue, uh -huh. knowing that these can be serious traps that we can get into. Yes. So yes. we're careful of quoting scriptures. We're careful in our conversations. And no matter how careful we are, the police wanted to know nothing about it. Like you rightly said, uh, they, were, they were protecting this community more uh, in a way. Yes, and it is. No, we've, we've seen, we've, in fact, we've reported in the last week of the police uh, cars are going around with pride written on them right. and sponsored by Stonewall. And they've right. got Stonewall, the organisation, on them. Indeed. So it, it's, it's clear that it's a politicised police force. Mm -hmm. And the point we're making at the column is the LGBTQIA2S plus concept is all about a variant of of, of cultural Marxism. Or it's called queer theory, a variant of um, of critical theory, which is about destroying Western civilization. It's it's not per se about morals, and it's not it's not about being gay or 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 lesbian, because we're finding. Um, people who are gay and lesbian are now telling us how much they are being attacked yes. by the LGBTQIA2S plus community because they're not um, doing, they're not obeying the new rules. Well, it, it, it's interesting that you say that because it, it brought to memory one of the, um, one of the first times we preached about this in the public square. Um, there was a man who was a, who told us he was he was gay and he would come to listen to me preach every saturday yeah and he would come and tell me how i scared him you know about the bible and 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 he actually went away reading the bible and he come back every saturday you know to listen to me preach and um at one of our preaching somebody had called the school that we rented so we, as a church we now own our own building but at that time we were renting a school and somebody had called the school and told them hey the, the people you're renting your your hall out to are actually homophobic and without questioning us in any way or asking us, they evicted us from the building. <laughs> and the man, the man who I speak about, who, who used to listen to me every week, uh -huh. he came to know about it. Uh -huh. And he, he said to me one day, he said, turn your camera off. I'm going to say something to you. And I did. I turned it off. He said, I do not agree to what they did. He said, you have the freedom to do and to speak what you're saying. He said, I love the way you speak. And it's wrong that the LGBTQ in Bristol have shut you down or have evicted you from the school. It's been a, a, a puzzle to me because I've um, I've also been shut down. Yeah. Um, I, I went uh, to organise an event in Glasgow, and um, a good friend of mine called Gillard Artsman was was talking about his new book, and he's a secular philosopher and saxophone player, and he's a he's a thinker, mm -hmm. and he talks a lot about. He's, he's, he's Jewish and he's from Israel, mm -hmm. and he talks a lot about the Middle East conflict and about the nature of Jewishness and the Jewish nation. And he's a critic of his own people, yeah. which I think every people need. Yes. Critics and voices saying, we're not doing this right. Um, someone phoned the venue and told them he was a Holocaust denier and an anti-Semite and they cancelled us and they never talked to us mm. they just believed the lie yeah. and it's always a puzzle to me that that people are more um, ready to believe a lie and believe a horrible lie than they are to actually believe the truth Indeed. it's very I mean, strange 
part of part of our, our purpose in the public square for us in Bristol especially we recognize that um, we're engaging with the public on how to be critical thinkers and that's important and, we, and a, lo a lot of the crowd that, that gathers are young people uh, young adults teenagers and we can see in their discourse with us that they're not critical thinkers that they're getting their bite-sized information from snapchat Twitter Instagram or whatever source they go to and we're going to continue to engage with them, to, to, to encourage them to be critical thinkers and to be critical thinkers of us, to be, to be critically questioning us about our belief and because we're ready to answer. Because the Bible tells us we have to, uh, to give an answer, an apologia uh, for the hope and the faith that we have and to do it with reverence and respect and we try to do that the best way possible. Okay, so the, you got your second notice. Uh, when was this issued? This was... The second notice was issued um, late December last year. Okay, so um, we're eight months have passed since then. Yes. Um, have you been preaching? We have been preaching. Um, we took advice from our solicitors to, uh, to to lay low for a few months until the paperwork was uh, being filed and we were engaging with the police about how to go forward. Um, so in that time we were not preaching. It was a real burden of our heart. I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher. It broke my heart every Saturday that I couldn't tell somebody about Jesus Christ and uh, our solicitors knew that and uh, when the time came for us to step out we did you know step back out into the public square and by that time the notice had already come to an end by June and um, we were able to get out in, in, into the public square again and a, a great joy to tell people about the gospel about the good news and a great joy to engage in discussion like we did even on Saturday with an, with an atheist you know who was engaging in conversation with us so we've been preaching since then yes okay uh, so but th there's nothing to stop the police coming up with a third notice I, I, I assume well that's one of the things you know they, they could very well do that on what grounds I, I you know we we do not know uh, we being very careful um, we we have officers who do approach us every now and then to talk with us and we uh, we're, we're appreciative of that uh, but we also recognize that um, you know, there is an element that wants to shut the preaching down, and we're very conscious of that. Yeah. Now, from the point of view of the police and the police's position, um, I mean, I, I, I find this, ironically enough, deeply offensive, that, that police in Great Britain, which was historically the most Christian of Christian nations, who, which sent uh, missionaries all over the yes, world, um, are acting in this way, to uh, your church and to many others Indeed. Uh, who are trying to put forward the word of God on the streets of Britain. I find it deeply offensive and unlawful. Mm -hmm. So this is this is very strange to see. Uh, are you seeing, is there any prospect of, of getting um, clarity on the law, on, on um, essentially establishing the police are acting beyond their powers? Well, that's what the case that we're currently in, which uh, I can't discuss the, 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 the intricacies of, of the case, but we've been now forced to take Avon and Somerset Constabulary to court. So we've filed papers to take them to court uh, over this issue uh, because it's a denial of our freedom of speech. It's a denial of our freedom of religion, our freedom of expression. Our, our, our basic rights are being taken away from us. And uh, in all the time that we couldn't preach, uh, it was because of their unlawful uh, issuing of this notice that we couldn't preach. And so for all this time that we couldn't get out and tell people about you know, Jesus Christ, um, we're taking them to court about this. And we do believe this is a, a really draconian uh, process. Uh, 
they're they're pushing us into a corner where it's 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 actually pretty easy for them. All they need to do is keep the law, uphold the law, represent the uniform, uh, stand behind the badge that they have, uh, honor the constable's oath that they've taken in keeping the law. And if, if that happens, we're okay. Everyone's fine, you know. But yet that's not the case, and uh, we're stuck now with this uh, legal process. Uh, and again, you know, just costing us thousands and thousands of pounds. Uh, we're a small congregation uh, that's now taking this major institution to court over something that we shouldn't be doing. You know, they should be upholding the law and we should be turning to them. So what's happened also, you know, just to put this in, our congregation, which is, um, again, it's a predominantly black church in a sense, when I say it in, in that sense, we're people from various tribes and tongues and nations and people groups who've suffered not only uh, spiritual abuse, but racial abuse through, through the public preaching, have now lost confidence in the police. Uh, and, and, well, and this, so... is, this is not surprising, <laughs> and this is, this is what's happening more and more. Um, uh, a colleague of mine, Katie Jo uh, Murphan, organized a music event um, last weekend, and uh, it was all bands which had been singing uh, and performing against the lockdown and in favor of freedom and the people coming um, were people who had been uh, campaigning for freedom and against the lockdown so when the police came she had a long chat with them and said basically you're not welcome here um, if you come on to our site uh, there's, there's no need for you to be here it's all peaceful but it, your presence would cause trouble because the people here have lost confidence in you. And the police actually admitted to her that they recognized that they had a big problem with public confidence. Now that's in what you might term the freedom community or the, the, the activist uh, group. But it's clearly this, you know, you're another example of someone who can no longer trust the police because the police have failed in their duty to uphold the law. I mean, we're just, we're, uh, you, know, you know, three weeks ago, just to add on out of that point, three weeks ago, we were preaching the gospel and addressing the matter of um, the murder of the unborn child. I mean, that's very much part of our, our message. It's, it's close to our hearts, as it should be close to every Christian's heart. Uh, you know, uh, and we were preaching and, and the crowd had gathered. But the crowd um, were, were being violent towards us. and. We, we, have, we have an internal policy uh, as a church. When we find that peace is being threatened, we, we will then step down from preaching because we, we don't want to be accused of uh, causing violence in the public square. So we stepped down from preaching and we're going towards our car. This crowd refused to let us go. They boxed us into a corner and followed us all the way then into where our cars were parked in a shopping mall, surrounded us, heckling us, abusing us. And we were actually literally crying out for help, for anyone to help us. Can somebody please call the police? The police didn't pitch up. We called them about nine or ten times. They, they didn't pitch up. And, and now that uh, our legal team is involved in this, we met with the police. Then are looking for complaints from our church. And our church says, no, we don't want to complain to you anymore. We don't want to make any more reports because it seems that you're doing nothing about this. And so just to add to your point, yes, our congregation has lost confidence in the police. Yeah. And, and, and this is something that's happening in, in yeah. communities all across the all across the nation, um, I would say a good part of our audience yeah. uh, have lost confidence in the police, and I would, I would, I would sadly have to say they're correct to have done so. This is simply ref reflecting a reality. It's not a, 
it's not a, a belief that's an error, it's a belief that's accurate, that the, yeah. that the police cannot be trusted in order to uphold the law um, and are more likely to act in unlawful ways against people who are um, who fall foul of the desire for social control. Yeah. Right? Um, the message that Jesus Christ brought was never popular with the authorities. Indeed. Social control will apply. Um, the message of liberty, of, of, of freedom from oppression is not popular with the oppressors. Social control will apply. Uh, one of my colleagues in the column um, has been um, boxed in and, 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 and threatened by the police in London for being on a march which was entirely peaceful, right? Wasn't doing anything, uh, anything unlawful at all. That didn't matter. So, person by person, as people experience this and see it, they are losing confidence in the police. Indeed, and, and it's, it's the words that we use. I mean, you, you are right. And, and we, when we met with the police, they said, well, you know, certain communities are not happy with what you're saying. And I said to them, well, you also need to understand that we are a community. We're a Christian community. And so what you've done is you've, you've, you've left us out of the conversation. Uh, and you said, um, so really, I, I don't, we don't believe in Bristol. And I'm sure this is in many cities across the nation where the Christian voice is being suppressed, the Christian truth is being suppressed and you know uh, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a sad time when that happens uh, but we must say that you know not everybody in the constabulary um, um, has been out against us there have been some good officers uh, who have when they've come out uh, uh, represented the uniform with great honor and respect and there's never a day that we've left a meeting with the police where we didn't shake their hands and say thank you for their service to our city and to our nation uh, because as Christians we honor those in authority as we should and so we're hoping that, 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 that this case would, would be resolved and that we'd go back to having a great relationship with the police because that works well for everybody. Well, we will see. I'll be very interested to see how the case goes. Please keep us informed and thank you so much for speaking to me today. It's been fascinating and uh, when it's all finished and all through the courts, perhaps you can come back and, and give us an update and tell us more. Thank you for having me on your programme. Look forward to it. Thank you very much.